Hello and welcome to the third episode of the RS Media Live podcast. I'm joined tonight by my usual suspects in Mike Harneman and Sean Price. So good evening, Mike. How are you doing? Yeah, hi, right. Um, doing pretty good, actually. Uh, quite, you know, um, looking forward to this one today. I know we've got lots of great stuff we're going to be talking about and covering. So, yeah, we're, uh, you know, lots of great uh, games of football that we're going to be talking about and uh, talking points as well um, along the way. So it's going to be an action-packed couple of hours. And good evening, Sean. How are you doing, mate? Um, I'm doing pretty fine t- today. Thank you, Russ. Rye, how are you doing? I'm all right, thanks. Apart from being painful, but we're not talking about that because it's not for that. It's not to have on here. So the first thing we're going to talk about is this Aubameyang signing his new three-year deal. So what's your thoughts on this, Sean? I think it's a good piece of business from Arsenal, really, to be honest. He had like one year left on his contract and we was waiting and it was dragging. And, and then like he turned down two offers from Barcelona and Inter Milan. So to, for Arteta to convince Aubameyang to stay is probably one of the best uh, transfer news we've ever had as an Arsenal fan, really, to be honest. Which is really good. Um, what's your thoughts on this, Mike? Um, well, I'm I'm not gonna you know beat around the bush. You know I love Aubameyang. The guy is an absolute icon. He is, you know, Mister Arsenal. Um, he loves playing for the club. He um, loves to score goals for the club. He loves to be you know the the big game man who uh, sort of uh, gets all the the big goals in the big games. You know the FA Cup final, Community Shield, FA Cup semi final as well. In fact was uh, Obama Young's, you know, he's shone in all of them. So um, he obviously is a a very big game player. And, you know, Sean touched on it there. It's the Arteta effect. Um, Arteta coming in, he's obviously, you know, sold the club to him and he's very, very happy to stay um, to the point where he turned down Barcelona, in fact, as well, which I do want to mention. Yeah, uh, to be honest, in my opinion, I think it's a good deal for him. Three-year deal for a 31-year-old as well. I think that's a bit over the top, but you want to have a player committed to the club, then you're going to want him to be playing. So I I think it's a great, great signing and keeping him at the club for another three years plus the year he's got left. So he's with Arsenal until... 2024. Um, so good evening to Chelsea who's joined us. Good evening to Dave. Uh, and good evening there to Peter. Um, the next thing that we're going to talk about is the um, signing of Emmy Martinez going from Arsenal to Chelsea. And What's your thoughts on this, Mike? First of all, it wasn't Chelsea. It was Aston Villa that signed him. Uh, and, and you said Chelsea there. But um, I, I did actually want to jump back in on the Aubameyang situation as well, briefly, and uh, just say that, you know, Mikel Arteta has obviously got a process there 
Um, and Aubameyang is brought into that process. And, you know, he's the captain. He's the the man that wins the games. Um, he, yeah, you know, he's a, a talisman. He can go up and, uh, you know, he could actually go on and be an, a, be an Arsenal legend up there with Henri and, and Dennis Bergkamp and Ian Wright and, and guys like that. Um, but going back to the point of, of Martinez joining up with Villa there, um, I said it before we started the stream. I think he wanted to leave the club on a high, winning the the trophy uh, with the FA Cup and winning the uh, Community Shield as well. And that's the perfect time for him to leave. But he came in, he showed what he was all about. You know, he covered for Bert Leno excellently, really, really well. Um, and, you know, Arteta has obviously said, Leno is going to be number one. Um, you're going to be the number two. If you're not happy with that and you want first team football, we can sell you and we can, you know, get some extra funds into put towards new players, maybe a party, maybe in a, um, maybe in um, like, what's his name? Uh, Hassi Mouar and, and guys like that, you know, it could actually be funds that go towards those signings from uh, selling on the likes of Martinez. And uh, that's it. He wants first team football. He, he wasn't going to get it at Arsenal and uh, Arteta has allowed him to move on. Best of luck to him. Um, really like the guy. I think he was excellent towards the end of last season. And uh he can keep as many clean sheets as he wants throughout the season. Just don't do it against us. Yeah, sorry about that. It was Arsenal to Aston Villa, not Chelsea, as I did say. Um, so what's your thoughts on this, Sean? Well, I'm very I'm very sad to see him go. I mean, the guy who's been there 10 years, waits for his opportunity, and uh, no fault of Leno, who got sadly got injured uh, like near the end of the um, season. I think he did really well. You know, he's commanding of the box. He's, um, you know, he's shot stopping and he was a very good keeper for us. But unfortunately, he wants to go to number one. So I wish him all the best of luck to Aston Villa. Yeah, my opinion on this is he had a very good end to the season at Arsenal, especially taking the place of Leno, who got that injury against who was it Watford uh, no Leno's injury was Brighton Brighton yeah because it was more pay that went into him uh, and to be honest I think Villa getting him in for 17 million I think it's a great bit of business for Villa I think it's a great bit of business for Arsenal as well. So I think both clubs are happy with this. Um, I don't think you can't look anywhere past it. He deserves to be number one. And if Arsenal couldn't offer it to him, Aston Villa have offered it to him, which is a good good point. Yeah, I just wanted to just jump back in there as well and, and just say, actually, in regards to, to Martin as a... Uh, um, you know, we, we said it, he wanted first in football and Leno had that injury against Brighton and, you know, I can't echo enough how how brilliantly he did when he came in there. Um, there were so many games where he saved his points, he looked commanding, he looked assured, he looked, you know, very comfortable on the ball with the ball at his feet as well and Villa got themselves a really good signing and, you know, for somebody like Martinez to actually uh, be at the club for 10 years and, and have to wait that long to get an opportunity and then at the end of those 10 years, get come in, do what he did, perform how he did, and then actually um, to, to get the move, then, you know, you have to say fair play to him. And 
he's kind of sacrificed himself for the club a bit as well in the hope that we can go on, go on and get some better players and sort of strengthen in other areas and, you know, then push on. Also, the next thing we're going to talk about is the signing of Ollie Watkins from Brentford to Aston Villa. Um, my opinion of this, I I think after his season that he had with Brentford in the Championship, is a very good season. He's I think he scored like 28, 29 goals. Um, so it's good for him and he deserves his chance in the Premier League, especially after coming from Exeter City's Youth Academy and playing for them in League Two and making the big step up to play in the Championship for Brentford and then going on to Aston Villa now. And also he scored in his... Lee, uh, in his debut for Aston Villa last night in the win for Aston Villa but we'll talk about that when we come to it in the Carabao Cup section so what's your thoughts on this Sean? Well Ollie Watkins is a very good player like uh, when I watched him from like last season when he played for Brentford he scored like like you said, 28 goals. And that for Brentford is very, very good in the championship, which is the most difficult league in the football history of any division. That's why it's the best. Um, but he's deserved, He's waited for his chance to go to the Premier League and hopefully he might score more goals than Jolinton. Oh, who knows? And what's your thoughts on this, Mike? Well, first of all, he's only a very young man as well. He's only 24. So um, he's, he's uh, you know, people know about Ollie Watkins from his time at Exeter. Uh, I think he scored 21 goals there over the, the course of the, about three seasons, I think it was. Went out on loan in that uh, first season there to Western and Supermare and got 10 as well. So, and then got 45 overall in his couple of years, his three years at Brentford. So, you know, that's a, a good record. He's a, you know, you can see as a poacher, he's a clinical finisher. Um, and to you know do that on your debut as well um, last night is that that's it really it's uh, really good signs yeah. of, of things to come for him and uh, that was it. it was was it Brentford they beat last night it was wasn't it um, I, I think it was Burton Albion they beat last night oh yeah it was Burton, yeah yeah Burton that's it so you know Burton and, and Brentford are two very decent teams as well and you know Brentford were unlucky last season not to go up and. I think that kind of turned his head a bit, the fact they didn't get promoted as well. If they were to get promoted to the Premier League, then he might have stayed. Yeah, who knows? So, the first segment we're going to talk about after talking about the free transfers and the new deal for Aubameyang is going to be about the Carabao Cup. So, I'm just going to give you the... Carabao Cup. Um, thing so the Carabao Cup. So there was games yesterday, Tuesday, fifteenth September, which involved two of my sides, Plymouth Fargo and. Um, Middlesbrough. Unfortunately, they both went out. I was going to say they both won, didn't they? 
They both went out, but we're running you through the scores quickly. So it was Gillingham 1, Coventry 1, Middlesbrough 2, Middlesbrough 0, Barnsley 2. You Millwall, wish it was the other way round. You wish it was the other way. Millwall 3, Cheltenham Town 1, Reading 0, Luton 1, Derby 1, Preston 2. Bradford nil, Lincoln five, Fleetwood two, Port Vale one, Newport County one, Cambridge United nil, Oxford United one, Watford one, Watford winning three nil on penalties, Newcastle one, Blackburn nil. West Ham United 3, Charlton 0. Bournemouth 0, Crystal Palace 0. Bournemouth winning 11-10 on penalties. Burton Albion 1, Aston Villa 3. Leighton Orient 3, Plymouth Argyle 2. Say that one again. I missed that one. Can you say that one again, please? No. Morecambe 1, Oldham 0. Rochdale 0. Sheffield Wednesday too so there's been some big games in there um, and also some shock results as well um, the first shock that I, I think as well is Lincoln beating Bradford 5-0 and it was just amazing uh, Lincoln won five now. He scored with an own goal after four minutes. Scully after six minutes. Monsma after 29 minutes. Jones after 41 minutes. And then Kyle Morton after 90 plus three. Um, so what do you think of that game, Sean? Well, Lincoln absolutely dominated Bradford and our lonely scored against them. So I'm quite pleased that he scored his first goal and they set up a potential uh, good tie with uh, Liverpool, the Premier League champions. So that will be interesting to see which one wins out of that one. Yeah, I, I was so happy about that. Um, what's your thoughts on that, Mike? Yeah, so, you know, it's a, it's a huge result for Lincoln. Really big performance. Uh, as Sean said, the, the low knee from Arsenal scoring as well, um, which is always good. Um, and it's a, a really good performance from them. Completely dominated uh, Bradford there. Um, I was looking at a few like stats and stuff just a minute ago. Um, it actually didn't look like they, they dominated them in, in terms of shots and stuff on goal. Um, it was 15 to 11 in terms of Bradford, you know, in Bradford's fa uh, favour there. Uh, but on target, it was eight to three in, in Lincoln's favour. So they're able to turn that into to goals and to, you know, to chances a lot more, um, you know, like easily compared to what Bradford were. Um, and then, yeah, it was uh, just having a look. Yeah, it, like, it wasn't actually as one-sided as it looked in some of the capacities. Um, and, you know, it, Bradford had about 58% possession and to Lincoln 41, but you know, it's still, they've gone on and, and totally uh, blitzed the Bantams away in the end. Yeah, I mean, Lincoln are 
League One, Bradford had League Two, but Bradford had still got a very good um, side. So would like to say hello to Tegan Rosencrast. Um and he's a Man U fan. He's now pl- he's a local footballer and he's playing for Biddeford. So I was just going to say that. Sorry, just to, to Tegan there. Um, you say you're struggling to sign this, but Donny Van der Beek, quality player, brilliant player, um, and he'll do really well for United. Yeah, Donny Van der Beek uh, signed a few weeks ago. Um, so we'll move on to another game. I'm going to start with... I'm going to go with the Leighton Orient 3, Plymouth Argyle 2, only because I know Chelsea using the um, comments is a Leighton Orient fan, me being a Plymouth fan. Um, just when we were 2-0 up, I was like buzzing. and I mean, we did have a f- third goal disallowed for offside, apparently. Um, so it's not what I wanted, but it was good to see Joby Mackinoff score after 74 minutes, but they had um, Louis Dennis who scored after 55 minutes and then Danny Johnson scored in the final minute of injury time, 90 plus three. And I was really downbeat. I mean, going to know up into halftime, I was listening to this on soccer Saturday, but soccer special um, and making like listening to this so that, because I wanted Argyle to play Tottenham next week, um, which would have been a good money spinning for both sides. Um, we would have m- made a bit of money. Potentially, it could have been on Sky as well. Um, so for Leighton Orient to nick it from underneath our skins, I was a bit downbeat and upset. But at least we can go into league action on Saturday against AFC Wimbledon with some fear of beating them, hopefully. So what's your thoughts on this, Mike? Yeah, so of course, uh, for, for Plymouth, that's a big shame uh, to go 2-0 up as well. Kellen Watts getting his first goal for the club um, on uh, on loan from Newcastle. And, you know, that was uh, great to see Kellen get a goal. Um, I'm from down here in Stevenage uh, in Hertfordshire and he was down here, playing down here uh, last season and, and he'd done uh, really well when he was playing down here. So it was it was good to see him pop up and get a goal. Uh, it was also, you know, other former Stevenage players getting goals in that game were Mackinough and Johnson as well. So actually there was uh, three out of those five goals scored by former Stevenage players there. Um, which is more than I think what Stephen has scored themselves for most of last season. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, for, for yourself as well, right? Um, you know, it's a shame to, to see Plymouth go out, but was it even more kind of gutting that it was a, a former Middlesbrough man to score the winner? Well, yeah, I'd, we looked at this just before we came on air and it, it's even more gutting that the Danny Johnson who scored 
was I actually came through Middlesbrough's Youth Academy before going out to Hartlepool's Youth Academy. But it's really, it really has upset me. But we can now concentrate on going into the league and waiting for the FA Cup. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that's that's the whole point, really. You know, you you were able to, um, you know, you know, you're able to to kind of uh, switch your your attention to league action pretty quickly now, uh, because obviously you got that game against AFC Wimbledon at Loftus Road that you said at the weekend because of their stadium not being um, you know ready and stuff. So then they're going to be playing that game at QPR Stadium uh, because they're away and because obviously they played at home last week in the league. Um, which we'll touch on later because that was another one where, where another Stevenage, uh, former Stevenage player scored as well. But um, well, uh, yeah. So what was I saying? Yeah. In, in regards to that, I think you know, um, it's it's a shame for Plymouth to go out. It's just you know, obviously with such a big money uh, spending tie against Spurs as well, which you would have had. But you know, um, you've got to take the positives and you know, focus on the league and. Um, you know, just admit uh, you know that you were beaten on the day by. The, the side that were, you know, might have been better or, um, or whatever it may have been. But, you know, Orient deserved that tie uh, against Spurs. And, you know, as an Arsenal fan, I hopefully, uh, hopefully they smash them. <laughs> well, well, as Chelsea's just put, put in the comments, with the recent years for Orient and all the bad luck we have had with relegations and our club nearly end, I was proud of the boys and well done for them bringing the club back up. And then she goes, now, now, guys, admit Orient deserve it after all their bad luck. Yeah, and, no, yeah. I agree with that as well. Uh, Chelsea, I'm, I'm downbeat. I was upset, but I move on. I wish you all the best against Spurs. And I also wish you all the best for your the rest of your season in League Two. Because, uh, to be honest, I think you'll do well. You've got some good tidy players, um, and Leighton Orient they lost their um, former manager Justin Edinburgh just over two years ago. Now is it two years? No, nine. Uh, last year it was. Last year, yeah. And I just wanted to say as well, Leighton Orient and Spurs both played a massive part in Justin Edinburgh's uh, career. So I'm sure there'll be some at pretty moving and pretty touching for that game. Yeah. Even if there's a, because there might be a trial of fans being allowed to go to the game. If there is, I hope it is the Leighton Orient Tottenham game. And it was quite annoying, but we move on. You move on into the third round for the first time in quite a while. I mean, if we'd got through, it would have been the first time we'd been in the third round since 2007, I think. So I think that'd be a good memorial next week for your Leighton Orient Tottenham game. So what's your thoughts on this, Sean? Oh, when Plymouth went 2-0 up, I was I was a bit shocked. I was like, hey, I mean, this could be interesting, but Leighton Orient fought their way back into the game, made it 2-all, and then they scored the winner and made it 3-2. So both teams went at it, and it was good. And it was really good to see end-to-end football, really. But Leighton Orient were deserved winners overall. 
Yeah, definitely. No, I think we were actually um, talking about this um, pre-show that my granddad, who I spoke to earlier, sorry I'm out in you, granddad Frank, but telling me that we'd won 2-1, <laughs> I, was, I was like, huh? What are you on about? No, we lost 3-2, granddad. And he's like, huh? And I was like, you switched it off early then. But good luck to Leighton Orient there. I mean, Chelsea, we're good friends. I don't hold no grudges. So you move on to next week and in the league, and we'll just hope that we don't play you again this season. And if we do, we hope we can get one over on you. So the next game that we're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about Middlesbrough's 2-0 victory. 2-0 defeat, I mean, sorry, um, to Barnsley. Uh, the goals coming from Schmidt after 22 minutes and Jordan Williams after 34 minutes. I, in my opinion, I... I was listening to this game uh, and I thought that Barnsley were the better side. Um, they were the better side first half. Second half, Neil Warnock changed it. He brought on, um, he brought on um, Paddy McNair at half time. And then in the 69th minute, he brought on Johnny Halson and Sam Fuller in. So, to, who took, and he took off Sam Morsey and Ashley Fletcher. And and to be honest, we gave it a good go. And in the second half, but Marcus Bettinelli being beaten at your near post twice. I can understand it happening once, but to have it happen twice, I was not happy. So what's your thoughts on this, Sean? Well, Middlesbrough didn't do... Um, I don't know what the stats were, but I don't know if Middlesbrough created much throughout the game, but Barnsley just showed their quality in the end and scored like two quick goals and just ran out 2 nil winners and deserved it on the night. And what do you think of this, Mike? So, what I was reading before the game was that Neil Warnock made quite a hefty amount of changes. Um, was that right? He brought in seven new faces for that game last night? Um, I'm not sure if it was... Hang on. Let, I don't think it was seven. I think there was some, but not seven. Because um, I don't think, you know, from what I was reading, it didn't really look like he was as fucked about that competition than the league, um, because he was giving fringe players the opportunity to, to get some game time, whereas, you know, they're sort of saving the, the minutes in the leg for the, the, game, the, um, the games this weekend in the league for, you know, the majority of the players. He kind of did, I think he did rest quite a lot. Well, 
uh, he did rest a few I've just seen there. And I think he was looking forward to playing Bournemouth at the weekend. Yeah, I think that's right. I think, you know, you have to look at that one. That's a massive game as well. Bournemouth just coming down um, and you, you kind of have to rotate in these kind of games as well and, and give other players an opportunity to uh, sort of show, you know, what they're what they're about and to try and force their way into the squad um, and, and for, for some reckoning in, in the league action as well. Um, so before we actually sort of jump across to the next results and stuff as well, um, just wanted to, to have a little look through some of the games that are taking place tonight. And uh, earlier on, West Brom beat Harrogate by three goals to nil. That was a six o'clock kickoff. Um, and then in all the latest ones, Leeds are 1-0 down at Hunter Hole. Everton are 1-0 up at home to Salford City. Uh, Fulham are 1-0 up away at Ipswich. Bristol City are 1-0 up at home to Northampton. And Brentford are winning at Southampton as well. So a few uh, sort of shock results in there at the moment. Um, coming up to half-time in a few of them. And I think some started a little bit later as well. Yeah. The Everton one is only 15 minutes into the game. Because they kicked off it. 8.15 but so we'll go back to the Tuesday games uh, the next game that we're going to talk about is going to be the game between where is it I did see it Gillingham 1 Coventry 1 it's and Dillingham winning 5 4 on penalties. I was listening to this on Soccer Saturday and Dillingham got a penalty in the 94th minute through Graham scoring in the 94th. But Coventry actually took the lead through Buramu after 61 minutes and Coventry dominated Dillingham the whole game. And Gillingham got a penalty in the 94th minute, as I just said, um, and scored it and then went on to win the penalty shootout, which I was quite ironic about. And and it was just amazing how Gillingham turned up in the penalty shootout. So what's your thoughts on this, Mike? So, yeah, I think that's uh, really good for Gillingham to get back into that after going 1-0 down as well. Um, there was actually quite a nasty injury in that game, if I remember rightly, too, to uh, the standing captain of, uh, I think it was Coventry's captain, was it? Uh, no, sorry, Gillingham's captain. Um, Stuart O'Keefe got a suspected broken ankle. Sorry, it was it was the Gillingham guy. Um, and that looked uh, quite a nasty injury. So hopefully he recovers well and you know, is able to, um, you know, not be out for too long and get himself back in contention and stuff for future games. Uh, but yeah, in terms of the, the penalties, um, it's, a, it's a lottery, as we always say. And um, yeah, you know, to score all five, obviously they practice them a little bit, no doubt, uh, in the last few weeks. And, you know, in, in lockdown, I'm sure they've been practicing that in training and, and everything else uh, when, they've, when they've been uh, back at training after that. And uh yeah, it was a couple of really good penalties in there as well. Trey Coyle, uh, one of them, uh, I think he's an Arsenal, might be Arsenal low knee or, or a former Arsenal player as well. Um, to get he was the guy that scored the winning penalty for Gillingham in the end. Yeah, 
Um, what's your thoughts on this, Sean? Um, yeah, uh, do do one of the country. Uh, like the, like you said, they scored in the sixty-one minute, and then like like you said, dominated the game, and they should have scored a second to kill the game or a third to kill off the game, but they allowed it. Uh, uh, to come back into it and then gave away the penalty in the 94th minute and then they equalised and then like Mike says it's the lottery at the end of the day and whoever puts the penalties in wins the game yeah so the next game that we're going to talk about is going to be the Reading nil Luton 1 game Luton scoring after 24 minutes with Clark, Jordan Clark, um, tried to get a Luton fan on on this, but he he said that they deserved it. And I can't say much more with 14 shots, five on target to Reading six and two. I, I think Luton deserved this. Um, and happy for Luton to get past Reading. So, what's your thoughts on this, Sean? Wow, just to hear that, just that's 14 shots. Wow, that's incredible. And they only scored one goal. Uh, it was a very cagey affair, I thought, between the two clubs. But you was always going to see the odd one goal that will seal it. And unfortunately, Luton got the um, the only goal to win the game. But 1-0 is always a dangerous scoreline. So, Reading should have taken their chances a bit better. Yep. And what do you think about this, Mike? Yeah, so that's a really good result for Luton. Um, of course, you know, they managed to stay up last season as well. And they've got a, a very good squad there, actually, to the Hatters as well. Uh, Danny Hilton's still there. Of course, he's um, been there for a number of years now. And uh, yeah, you know, they, they've strengthened well um, with the, the, the likes of Clark and Norrington, uh, Norrington Davis and stuff as well, who they've got in there. Um, and it's uh, it's really good to uh, you know for Luton to get a, a big result um, and a big game to follow it up as well because they uh, have Man United in the next round so another huge tie there uh, and it's a shame you know what I do want to just say as well that um, what what's happening we've, we've got all these great ties being drawn up you know the likes of Luton against Man United Luton who were in the conference just a few seasons ago um, against Man United who used to be winning everything. You know, the likes of Leighton Orient against Spurs and, and ties like that, they're, they're all coming across when you can't have fans into the stadium. And it's it's a massive shame because the revenue that would bring to clubs is, you know, that, that could save them and it could really help them kick on for the, the, the whole season then. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And the final game that we're going to talk about on this Tuesday fixture is going to be the Morecambe won Oldham nil. So Morecambe of League Two, Oldham of League Two, battling it out against each other in the second round. I mean, both teams had two shots on target from 11 for Morecambe and 15 for Oldham. But Morecambe took their chance with Wildig scoring after 22 minutes. So what's your thoughts on this, Mike? 
Well, first thing first, it serves old and right, um, and you know exactly what I'm talking about there with that one, right? Um, but you know, uh, it's it's actually really good for Stevenage as well that result because Oldham are you know coming to Stevenage this coming weekend, and the fact that Oldham are coming to, to Stevenage on the back of two losses um, in the league and the cup as well, they've got no sort of momentum behind them, and you know it's a, a real good opportunity for us to you know well Stevenage out you know. Um, to, to actually get a result at, at the weekend. So, um, yeah, it's a, a, you know, a very cagey affair, that one. Um, and, of course, they're, they're both sort of uh, teams that were down towards the bottom end of the League Two uh, you know, table last season. And, you know, probably two teams that will be, might be down there again. Um, but, yeah, well, I think that's a, a really good result for Morecambe. And um, they've got some uh, some really good players in their ranks. I like Wildig. I think he's a really good player for uh, for them. Um, and they, you know, again, that's another one I just mentioned as well. They they host Premier League Newcastle in the next round, so it all kind of adds up, as, as I said before. Um, and uh, just looking at some of the stats, it, it was actually quite an even contest. I think there's only ten percent possession, even like even either way. Um, the two shots on target each, as you said, there was only I think like four shots extra in in Oldham's favour as well. Um, and of course, you know, Morecambe defended really, really well. And, you know, you, you have to do that in these games, these, these one-off games, um, especially, you know, once you've gone 1-0 up and uh, with that goal being pretty early on as well, it kind of, uh, you know, they had quite a long time to, to hold on and to uh, see it through. And quickly going into it, it's now Southampton 0, Brentford 2, Jade De Silva scoring... Uh, Josh De Silva scoring after 45 plus one. So that's now 2 0 to Brentford on the stroke of half time. So that's that. And Sean, what do you think of the Odom versus Morecambe game? Well, I, I can agree with Mike. There are going to be two teams that are going to be struggling near the bottom of League Two. Um, Harry Kewell is the manager of Oldham so uh, he had experience of uh, managing I think it's Noss County and Crawley but he hasn't got a good record with those two clubs so I think Stevenage will be chomping at the bit to play them and hopefully they'll win uh, but Morecambe like you said are they're poor as well but Morecambe deserved the win at the end because they took the chance and yeah. Oldham didn't so we're now moving on into the next segment, which will be Skybet League Two. And I'll be handing you over to Mike, who will be bringing you the League Two results that we'll be previewing and reviewing. Okay, thanks for that. So, uh, without any further ado, we'll jump straight into it. And the first game for Saturday, the 12th of September, was Barrow 1, Stevenage 1. The tale of two penalties in that game as well. Barrow were uh, taking the lead early on through a penalty that they won uh, that was tucked away quite nicely, in fact, by Angus in the end. Um, Stevenage got a penalty of their own right towards the very end of the game with uh, about five minutes of normal time to go. A new signing in the Effion, who's uh, the club from Dover in the summer. Um, salvaged a 1 1 draw in that one. Bolton Wanderers nil, Forest Green 1 was uh, another result there. Bradford nil, Colchester nil. 
Cambridge 3 at Carlisle 0. That's a, a big result for Cambridge. Cheltenham 1, Morecambe 2. So, you know, Morecambe have started off pretty well there um, with that win last night as well. Mansfield 0, Tranmere 0. Oldham 0, Leighton Orient 1. Port Vale 2 at Crawley Town 0. Salford and Exeter played out a 2-2 draw, as did um, Scunthorpe and Newport. They also played out a draw as well, which was 1-1. This next one is the, the surprising result probably of the whole footballing uh, weekend. And it was Southland United nil, Harrogate Town 4. Newly promoted Harrogate, who got promoted, of course, from the uh, National League. And then finally, Walsall 1, Grimsby Town nil as well, which the final game of that day um, and, and of that uh, round of fixtures there. Um, so I'll jump across to the fixtures for this coming weekend shortly. But before we do that, um, what did you make? of some of these games, uh, right? Let's start off with uh, Harrogate's victory against Southend. Yeah, I was pretty shocked about this. I know Mark Mosley, who's former goal, centre mid, who was the manager of Weymouth last year, got them promoted. And I thought he might have carried on a winning mem- mentality to get Southend out of this rut. I mean, they had Sol Campbell before, who took them down. Um, and I thought maybe Mark Mosley could get them going, but unfortunately, losing 4 0 to Harrogate, the newcomers of the Football League, I was really down to beat because I weren't. I wasn't expecting this. No, nor was I. Sean, what did you make of that game? Of course, uh, Harrogate going to South End and just blitzing them away, really. Yeah, Harrogate started off well in League Two. You know, sent the statement out already and uh, South End are very poor. So to beat them uh, 4-0 is a pretty uh, surprising result. Everybody didn't expect it. They was like, okay, it might be, you know, like a 2 or draw or... Uh, 1-0, but Harrogate just absolutely blew him away, and you got to play credit to Harrogate. And I think, you know, they might be a surprise, actually, as well. Um, they, they might do really well this season, Harrogate. They've got a, a half-decent side there, um, and they've they done well to get promoted, and, you know, Southend uh, in a lot of uh, dire um, situations at the moment, of course, on and off the pitch as well. On the pitch, they started off with that really terrible result, and then off the pitch, they've got the uh, winding up um, petition as well, which has been uh, put out to them. So uh, that's been delayed, I think, it's till October the 28th at the moment, if I saw rightly. Um, and, of course, we want to touch on Macclesfield as well. I know they're not actually a football league club anymore, but, of course, uh, they've had to wind their club up as well. Um, and, and there's, uh, you know, the sign there of, uh, you know, poor chairmanship, isn't it, really, Uh Ryan and of course the chairman there is kind of you know not just lost in football league football but is you know it's kind of gone down the same route as what happened with Berry as well. Yeah, feel very sorry for Macclesfield. They, I mean, they don't deserve to have um, lost their place in the football league, but they kept putting games off, which was not good for the football league. And they were playing their youth players in cup competitions, which is against 
football league grows as well. So, in the, all fairness, the points deduction, I don't think it was fair, but it's football at the end of the day. Um, and Stevenage got, were lucky to get their reprieve, but I'm happy that Stevenage got the reprieve as well because it's it's nice to see a team from Hertfordshire do something that they never did before. Uh, I mean, Macclesfield played Stevenage first game in the Football League when they both were in the league. Like the first time that Stevenage got into the Football League. So it's a bit of bother, but commiserations to Macclesfield. I feel sorry for you guys that have had to have your club wound up. Yeah, of course, you mentioned it there. There was that game between Stevenage and Macclesfield as well, the very first game of Stevenage's league football um, campaign, which was drawn 2-2 on that day. And that's how football works. It's uh, a funny circle. Um, you know, you start off somewhere and then by the end of it, it just completely reverses itself. And, you know, it actually, when we, uh, we being Stevenage, weren't allowed up back in 1996, uh, Macclesfield were the league above us in, in the football league at the time in League 2. And they got their reprieve that time around. So it's kind of literally just completely off, like evened it out in, in that aspect now. Um, and of course, you know, it's great for, for Stevenage fans to still be in the Football League and to still have a Football League club. Um, but, you know, of course, Macclesfield are now no longer going to have a club. And hopefully they can go down the route that Berry have done with the sort of AFC Berry situation. And there'll be an AFC Macclesfield soon where uh, they're able to, you know, uh, kind of push up the, the footballing pyramid again. and. You know, hopefully we'll see them in the football league. Um, if if Macclesfield do end up completely uh, falling apart now, and you know, there's there's no way back for them. So we will touch on the Stevenage game actually at Barrow as well, Sean. Um, you can start us off with that one, of course, being a one-one draw and the tail of two penalties in the end from uh, you know Barrow going one 0 up early on through theirs, and then Stevenage getting a, a late penalty to level it up. Yeah, I mean, like it was like a like a tail of two penalties, like you said, um, Mike. So, like, Barrow did well to score their penalty. I didn't see the game, unfortunately. And uh, Stevenage just levelled it up. And I think a, a point was fair between the two teams. Like, no one was going to get the winner. But, you know. Yeah, and, you know, before I go out to write, I just want to have a say on that game as well, because I watched that game. And I thought Stevenage played, you know, quite shaky the, the first part of the game. Uh, giving away the penalty. It was Danny Newton who gave away the penalty. I, I think it was. Or it might have been... Was it Danny Newton? I think it was, yeah. I think he got a yellow card as well. Um, the striker, he was trying to track back and he uh, fouled his man and, then you know, it was a good penalty actually from Angus, the, the Barrows uh, player there who took the penalty. Um, and then Stevens got back into it. Second half, they were a bit better and... <coughs> excuse me. Any Effion come off the bench um, and he changed the game for me. Jamie Cumming, the, the goalkeeper on loan from Chelsea, made probably four or five excellent saves as well at 1-0. So he had a massive sort of impact on that game because if it wasn't for those saves, it could have been, you know, out of sight before the end of the uh, the, the first half or, or midway through the second. Um, and then, yeah, in the Effion come on, took the penalty, sent the goalkeeper the wrong way with the penalty. Um, cool as you like, really. And, uh, you know, he was a, a former Barrow player as well. Um and yeah, I think it was, uh, a, you know, a, an overall uh, a fair result to be a draw. Although actually Stevenage had a few chances even after going to 1-1 to maybe nick it as well. Um, 
So uh, there was a, a few good performances in there as well. Arthur Reed that were signed uh, just before the game, he was signed about day day or two before the game. Um, on loan from Brentford, he came off the bench and made a, a big impact in that game and, and looked really bright and lively. So, what did you make of that rider, the Stevenage and Barrow one-one? Uh, Game of two halves, wasn't it? Um, Barrow looked up for it first half, got their penalty and scored, and then Stevenage got theirs in the 85th minute from Eniafiong, which is good. And it's good that Stevenage actually didn't lose to a new co- a league newcomer like they did last season to Salford. Yeah, and that was, you know, the the start of a really terrible season. So hopefully uh, this season's more positive for Stevenage. Uh, what about, we'll, we'll come to you on this one right as well, Cambridge against Carlisle. That was a convincing win at home for Cambridge as well. Yeah, Cambridge are come into league football again for like very well I mean to win their first opening day victory in five years and I'm sure that victory the last opening day victory at home was against Plymouth Argyle as well so to win 3-0 against Carlisle who I think should be up up and around the playoffs but I think Cambridge done them over. Yeah, um, and then Sean, what about on, on that one? We'll cover one more after as well, and that'll be the uh, Bolton Neil Forest Green game. We'll cover that one after as well. Uh, so you want to have your say on on both of those two games? In fact, and I'll go to Ryan Forest Green Bolton at the end. Well, well, uh, Cambridge United deserved the three 0 win. My um, uncle Paul would be happy because he was a Cambridge fan. So yeah, he would have been happy that they won three 0 so like Kate, like they the other team who they beat they didn't offer much and Cambridge deserved the win, and the um the one that drew nil nil was it the other one? What, what, what was uh, it was Bolton nil Forest Green one. Oh, Forest Green Rovers one, yeah. Um, so Hector Bellerin will be pleased that they won. Um, Bolton, it's not like they're new to League Two, so they will get time to adjust to the new league, I think. But hopefully Bolton will be all right. But Forest Green Rovers deserved the win. Uh, and then, Ray, what about that one as well? Just finally, um, the, the game there between Bolton and Forest Green. Of course, Bolton, you know, carried on where they finished last season, really, really struggling. I think we've lost you, Ray. Um, you might have to, like, unmute or whatever. Did you, did you forget to unmute? Yeah, so the um, Forest Green game was 1-0 to Forest Green. Um, Bolton signed Anthony Sarsovic and Forest Green uh, and Owen Doyle, respectively, from League 2 teams last season in Plymouth Argo and Swindon. But Swindon had Owen Doyle for the whole season and then he went back to Bradford, then signed permanently for Swindon. And he he was the league's top scorer. So I'm shocked that they lost 
I mean, they've got Nathaniel Delfonso as well. Anthony Sarsovic, who I said joined them from Argo. Very good front three there. Um, they've got some good players. Alex Baptiste, Geffen Jones, who's another ex-Argo loanee. Um, they've got a very good team on paper. And I, I, I'd like to see them get back into League One. So hopefully they do. Right, and then we'll just quickly go through the, the, some of the fixtures as well. Um, so, what haven't we covered? Crawley, Scunthorpe. We haven't covered Crawley. Um, so, what do you make of that one? We'll come to you first, Ryan, on that one. Crawley, Scunthorpe. What do you, uh, how do you think that one's going to turn out? So, Crawley, Scunthorpe. Crawley lost their opening game of the season. Um, to Port Vale and Scumfort drew 1-1 with Newport so this could go either way um, but I would hope it would go to Scumfort so I'm going to go 1-1 OK uh, what about you Sean Crawley Scumfort in uh, the League 2 <sighs> I'm 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 gonna have to go with Rye. I think it's gonna be a, a draw. Um so I think it's gonna be one one as well. All right. Um and I think personally it's gonna be Crawley one, Scumfort two. So I think Scumfort will nick it. Um Exeter Port Vale. Port Vale, of course, uh, got that victory over Crawley um in the last uh last round of fixture. So what do you make of that one, Sean? Do you think uh they might do it again? They might better, you know, get their second win of the season? Well, I hope so. hope so. Port Vale are, you know, a very good League Two side. Um, as long as that um, is it, Tom Pope does he still play for Port Vale? If he's scoring the goals, then they got a chance of winning any game. Yeah, well, they've got him, two, quality, you know, really good strikers actually, Tom Pope and Mark Cullen as well, the uh, former Luton guy. So if they if they if they're on scoring form, then they should easily score goals against any team. So, what's your score prediction then? What do you uh, what do you make of the? Uh, I'm going to go with two 0 Port Vale. Okay, so that's actually the, the scoreline they won at the weekend was two 0 as well. Uh, what do you think, Ray? XL Port Vale. Um, try not to be biased. He's done it again, hasn't he? Exeter <laughs> played Salford. Last week, through 2-2. Exeter do have a very good home record. I mean, Port Vale are not the strongest teams in the league, but they won their first game of the season uh, to Crawley. I'm going to go for a 2-1 Exeter victory. Okay, um, you weren't being biased. Wow, you actually said Exeter are going to win. Um, I think it's going to be 3 1 to Exeter. I think they'll, uh, yeah, this is their first home game. I think they'll, they'll probably score three. I think, and yeah, win 3 1. Um, so, <coughs> what other games you've got on here? So, there's um, Tranmere, Cheltenham. We'll, we'll do that one. Um, I personally think Tranmere and Cheltenham will be quite an even game, actually, because uh, Cheltenham. 
lost their first game and Tranmere only got a draw in, in there. So uh, I think this might be a draw, this one personally. Before uh, going out to you guys, I'm going to go 1-1. Um, what about you, Rye, first of all, that Ch- uh, Cheltenham away game at Tranmere? Cheltenham lost their first game of the season to Morecambe 2-1. Tranmere drew their first game to Mansfield 0-0. And they're both just above each other. Tramir above Cheltenham. So I'm going for a KG 1-1 draw. Okay, Sean, what do you reckon to that one then? Oof. Again, Tramir versus Cheltenham. Like you said, they they lost on the first get day. Tramir drew. So I think it's going to be 2-1 Tramir win. Okay, um, and we can't not do Stevenage against Oldham. Um, well, we could not do it, but I don't want to not do it. So, Stevenage's uh, game at home to Oldham. Uh, let's go to you, first of all, Sean, on that one. Um, of course, you know, it's going to be uh, uh, a very good game, that one, um, with Oldham losing the, both of their two games in, mm-hmm. uh, in the Cup and then Stevenage obviously drawing as well. So, what do you reckon? Uh, well, I think I'm going to go with a 3-0 Stevenage win. Okay, um, what about you, Ryan? I'll do mine at the end. Well, we know Dino Mamra managed both of these sides last season. The cousin to Mike, who he's good, he's not going to be happy that both of these sides are playing each other quite early, but he's probably going to think that Stevenage are going to win. And I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory to Stevenage. Okay, and I think we'll win as well. I thought I actually thought we'd beat Barrow. I said 2-1 on that game. Um, so it was one goal out there. So I'm going to go with a narrow 1-0 home victory to Stevenage in this one. Um, and that's going to wrap it up for League Two. I'll be back to talk a little bit later on about the Premier League as well. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll put you back over to Rye and he's going to go through... League One, and that's coming on the screen now. Yep. Thank you very much to Mike there for reviewing and previewing League Two there. Uh, the f- so we're going to talk about four or five games from League One. Um, the first game that we'll talk about is going to be the game between Accrington St- Stanley and Peterborough United. This was 2-0. Uh, Dion Charles scored and Tariq Urakwa scored. But I'll go through the results as well, actually. Uh, Crew 0, Charlton 2, Doncaster 1, MK Dons 1. Fleetwood 2, Burton Albion 1, Gillingham 0, Hull City 2, Lincoln 2, Oxford United 0, Northampton Town 2, Wimbledon 2, Plymouth Argyle 1, Blackpool 0, Portsmouth 0, Shrewsbury 0, Sunderland 1, Bristol Rovers 1, and Swindon 3, Rochdale 1. So we'll talk about Accrington's 2-0 2-0 victory over Peterborough. What's your thoughts on this first, Sean? 
I mean, that's a good win for Accrington to go, uh, to beat Peterborough at home. Um, they want to get off to a good start, and um, Peterborough want to also get off to a good start. So, like, for Accrington to beat him is a very good victory for the Accrington Stanley. And what do you think of this, Mike? Right, so, yeah, I think that was a really good result for Accrington. I think... Um... You know, it's a little bit of a surprise as well. Uh, maybe a bit of a turn up for the books. I think uh, people might have had this one down as a draw. I think I did. On, I don't even know what I was thinking. I think it'd probably be a draw this one. Uh, but it's a really good, you know, victory for Accrington. They scored actually some really good uh, goals as well, and they were both scored at pretty good times. I think they scored just on the verge of half time, uh, and then a couple of minutes before the end of the ninety as well to so go uh, two 0 up there. Um, so that's a, a really good victory for them, um, and yeah, they might go on and surprise people this uh, this season. Um, and I'm sure Peter Bra, you know, this, they're going to have a, a much more uh, better days than this um, later on in the season, no doubt. I'm sure they won't be this bad, uh, you know, the whole time that they're in the league, and they will get good results. And uh, you know, um, all I want to say is uh, to Durham McAntony and um, to. Who is it that's managing Peterborough these days? Um, it is... Who is it? I'm trying to remember now. Um, need to have a look. But, but to Durham McAntony in particular, um, I, I bet you're probably regretting not uh, allowing your manager to put George Boyd in the squad now and, and putting him on the transfer list because, yes, he's, uh, you know, might be getting a little bit older, but he's always uh, the kind of player that can change your game for you. So, you know, why don't you at least give him an opportunity? Yeah. Um, and Peterborough United um, also sold George Cooper to Plymouth Argyle, which we touched about in the first podcast. Uh, it's, and the manager is Darren Ferguson. That's right. He's back again. I wasn't sure if he was, but like if he was still there or come back or whatever. Yeah. Well, he's, he's in and out like um, Graham Wesley is at Stevenage. Um, so the thoughts on this for me Accrington beating Peterborough's who are at who were actually the pre-season favourites for the title I think it's a great result for Accrington especially where they are in in the country they're in the place where there's loads of Lancashire teams. They've got Bolton. They got a deal with the likes of Man U, Man City. So fat they don't get much attendance, but to win 2 0 at Peterborough, you've got to be happy with that. Well, at home to Peterborough as well. So the next game we'll talk about is going to be the Northampton 2, Wimbledon 2 and Northampton scored with Warburton after well it was actually Chisler after one minute, Warburton equalised after 19, Guinness Walker scored for Wimbledon after 23 minutes and then Northampton managed to level up after 31 minutes through Corbora. Um, 
So what's your thoughts on this, Mike? So did you go to Sean on that last one? I just wanted to make sure you did. Yeah. Right, so that's fine then. So what game are we covering now? This was the game between... Um, game was this one, sorry. Just North, repeat that again. Northampton 2, Wimbledon 2. Okay, so yeah, that was actually a really good game of football. I thought there was... Uh, you know, some really good passages of play, some really well-taken goals as well. Um, Northampton, you know, getting a positive result there um, from, you know, going behind early on and then, you know, putting it back twice to, to get two levelers. I think they've done really, really well to do that. And, you know, uh, I haven't seen any match stats. I've got some stats in front of me, in fact. Um, in terms of possession, there was only 2% possession difference. Northampton had three more shots. Um there was only two shots on target to um, to Northampton and three for AFC Wimbledon. So most of the shots were actually created into shots on target and you know goals as well there. So yeah, it's a, a really cagey game and uh, yeah, it was uh, quite an even uh, contest really this one. Yeah, I I think the same. So over to you, Sean. I mean, yeah, like like you got like you guys said, it's a, it was a good uh, end-to-end game between Northampton and uh, AFC Wimbledon. Northampton Town went promoted through the um, playoffs, so they want to like get off a good start. But AFC Wimbledon like scored two goals, and then Northampton Town scored two goals. So I think a point between the two of them was actually a fair point in my eyes. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And there's been a full-time result in the Carabao Cup second round between Ipswich and Fulham. It finished 1-0 to Fulham. So, going back... Don't don't beat around the bush, but first, first things first, at least they're losing. Leeds are. are currently still losing 1-0 to Hull City. And it's currently 2-0 Bristol City, 2-0 Brentford, and it's half-time between Everton and Salford at 1-0 to Everton. So the next game that we're going to talk about is the Plymouth Argyle versus Blackpool game. My thoughts on this, I mean, we scored really early on. I was on um, Lee Charles' TV is watching his watch-along as well as watching the game. Uh, I thought Mike Cooper has to be a future England number one. He made four or five great saves. Um, he was amazing. He, the amount of blocks that we had. Um so I was happy. I mean, Luke Jeffcott scored after two minutes and it was just inevitable. I didn't expect us to come back to League One after a cartel last season finish where we finished third. So we came back to League One after getting promoted and to start off with a win against QPR in the Carabao Cup and a win against Blackpool in the 
in the league. I I couldn't have asked for a better start to the season. I know we've lost to Nar- lost to North City's under twenty threes in the Leeson.com trophy, but overall, I think we're in for a good season. So, what's your thoughts on this, Sean? Well, it was really tight game, really. To be honest, both Blackpool and Plymouth didn't want to lose it. Like, but Plymouth scored the early on goal, and uh, and as they say in football, one nil is a very dangerous scoreline to keep. But Black, uh, but Plymouth uh, held on in the end for the three points. What do you think of this, Mike? So for me, this is the definition of a smash and grab. Um, because, you know, you went 1-0 up after two minutes there, as you said, via the um, Jeff Cock goal. And then after that, you know, it looked like it was pretty much all Blackpool. Um, Cooper making endless amounts of saves and, you know, keeping the, you know, the, the, the tie um, in your favour. And, you know, it's, you know, his uh, saves that kind of gave you the three points there. Um, looking at the possession and the shots and stuff. You were dominated on shots. They had uh, 19 shots to your five. Um, possession, it was 63% to 37. And, you know, it was, uh, yeah, you know, as I said, it was a smash and grab, really, and um, a really good victory for uh, Plymouth. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, not too often that you um, have to face a goalkeeper of, of Cooper's quality there and, you know, to, to play that well. Um, that, that's the that's the reason you won the game, to be honest, because of uh, all of the the amount of saves that he made, and yeah, just uh, you know, obviously you got the early goal, but then from then on in, it was Blackpool just pushing and pushing and pushing, and just couldn't get past it. Yeah, he was actually making his full league debut after making two substitute appearances for Argo for injury. To the first one was to Kyle Lafferon when we played Blackburn and I think the second one was to Matt Macy and he had to come on for Matt Macy when we played Scunthorpe. So I was happy with his performance. I mean, I got to watch this game live due to me being a season ticket holder and it was our home game. So we got to watch the games and I was really, really happy that we held on. I, I was getting a bit nervous to the end, as I said on Lee Charles's TV on his watch long. I said they deserve something out of it, Blackpool. And but Lee, uh, M- Mike Cooper was quality, he made four or five decent saves. Um, Will Ameson was quality blocking everything who was actually making his league debut as well full league debut as well because he was injured for the majority of last season so to have players that have come in and making their mark on the game I was really happy with them the next game that we're going to talk about before we go into a bit of a preview of next week, well, this weekend's games, is the Crew 0, Charlton 2. 
what's your thoughts on this, Mike? Yeah, so just going back to that Plymouth game briefly as well. Um, it was Kellen Watts' debut for the club as well, wasn't it? So another defender there that uh, obviously scored last night as well. So he he done really well. Um, so this uh, game here, what was uh, what was the score in this one in the end between? Uh, hold on a sec. Two 0 to Charlton. Yeah, so see Charlton again um, uh, are showing that they they can do it without the likes of Lyle Taylor because obviously he's got his move now, hasn't he? Um, and Charlton there, you know, really were, were able to get the the victory that they needed um, and and kind of get uh, that positive start, get the clean sheet as well. Um, and yeah, really, you know, good performance from them. And uh, I don't know about stats or anything. I wanted to have a look at a couple of stats in this game just to see, you know, if they did sort of dominate possession and stuff as well. Um, let's have a little look there because they were playing crew, weren't they? So, uh, so it was Doughty that scored um, and Connor Washington. And uh, just having a little look at some stats. It was actually um, a, another one that there was lots of shots in... Um, Crew's favour. They had 19 shots as well to Charlton's eight, and Charlton were the you know the ones that were actually able to do something with it. So, you know, it's not about the, the possession you have or the shots you have. Um, if if you can take your chances, then you'll win the game. Yeah, exactly. What do you think of this, Sean? Well, just to touch up on the loud loud Taylor situation, I thought he kind of disrespected Charlton a bit when he got his move. He went the wrong way about it. Saying that though, I think Charlton started off a good, good win. I think Lee Bowyer will be very pleased with the result, and they got a very important three points. Apart from the owner, who's been treating them very badly. Yep. So we're now going to previewing some of the Skybet League One games that are happening over the course of this weekend. Um, the f- first game I'd like to preview uh, is going to be the game between Swindon. Hang on, I've just lost it. Swin Swindon and Blackpool, and I'm going to go to you first, Mike. So, yeah, that's, uh, you know, Swindon obviously won their, their first game. Um, they uh, beat, um, who was it they beat there? Let's have a little brief look. They they actually beat, uh, who was it? They, they beat uh, Rochdale um, in their, their opener there by three goals to one. And, you know, they've got some good players in their ranks to Swindon as well. They've got, uh, you know, the likes of uh, Smith and, and Grant there. Um, and you know the other Smith as well that, that was on the score sheet on that day, um, Anthony Grant being another Stevenage you know uh, player as well that used to play at Steve back in the past. And I think they'll uh, they'll do well this season. I think Swindon, um, because Blackpool were really dominant against uh, Plymouth, and just for you know um, Mike Cooper there to, to stop the the goals from going in was the only reason it wasn't a different scoreline. Uh, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go Swindon 1, Blackpool 1, I think. My thoughts on this exactly is that Swindon are a very good side, brought in some good players, and I think they're going to give Blackpool a good test. And I'm going to go 2-1, Swindon. 
What's your thoughts on this, Sean? Oh, yeah, like Swindon v Blackpool is going to be like two even match teams going at it. So, like, Blackpool would wants to um, get off to a, a, a good start after losing to uh, Plymouth 1 0, and Swindon got off to a good start after winning 3 1. I think it was 3 1, they won. Uh, so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a one all draw. Yeah. Uh, well, the next game that we'll talk about is gonna be the game between Bristol Rovers and Ipswich. And what do you think of this, Sean? Oof, I mean. Bristol Rovers at home versus Ipswich. Um, two going to be a good game between the two teams. I think Ipswich will win 2 0. And over to you, Mike. Yeah, so I think it's going to be quite an even game, this one as well. Um, I don't think there'll be loads and loads of goals in it. I know uh, Ipswich won their opening fixture um, and uh, the. We we're trying to see what the score was, but yeah, the other uh, game was a draw, wasn't it? And uh, so I think Ipswich will come out on top here. Um, I don't think there's going to be loads of goals, so Ipswich are going to win for me by one goal to nil. Yeah, and my thoughts on this: Bristol Rovers are a good side. They've got Josh Grant, who was on loan at Argyle last season. I mean, to draw one-one with Sunderland, who are a very good side. I think they could put up a good fight against Ipswich, but I think Ipswich are proved to be too strong for them. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory to Ipswich. The next game that we'll talk about, we'll talk about Wigan v Gillingham. And I'm going to come to you first, Sean. Wigan against Gillingham. It's going to be one of those tight games, I think, to be honest. Um, like, um, So, I think it's going to be... Oof, I think it's going to be like 1-0 to Wigan. I think it's going to be a really tight game. And what do you think, Mike? Um, so, first of all, before I do that, there's actually some news that came out about half an hour ago as well that some English football league clubs will struggle to stay afloat if beyond Christmas uh, see the delay in the return of fans. So hopefully these pilots uh, you know, that are going through are, are going to be successful um, and clubs can start to get fans back in. But yeah, I think this one is going to be a really good game and I can see um, it being you know, quite a, an even contest, really. Um, I'm going to go 2-1. We're going to, just going to nick it for me. Yeah, I think this is going to be a cagey game. I also think there could be a red card in this as well because they both didn't get off to great starts to the season. Um, so I'm going to go for 1-1 draw. And the final game that I'm going to talk about in League One is the MK Dons versus Lincoln. And I'm going to come to you first, Mike. 
Right, apologies about that. I tried to unmute and it wouldn't unmute for some reason. Um, MK Don's Lincoln. So I think this is going to be a really good game. I think Lincoln are, you know, a form size at the moment. You know, they've shown it in the league and the cup as well. Um, absolutely fresh in Bradford there and, and you know, beating Oxford in the, the league as well. Um, so I think they're uh, in a really good form. Um, and I think they'll win this one again, Lincoln. Um, and I can see them winning. They're playing MK Dons, aren't they, right? So I think it's going to be Lincoln 2-0 uh, victory. Yep. And the reason I've done this is because Alex Palmer is now on loan to Lincoln through from West Brom after a very successful season with Argo last season. Um, and he's kept Link. He's kept two clean sheets in his first two games for the club. So, got to be proud of him. Um, the result, I think it's going to be a cagey game again. But I think Lincoln will win this again. And I'm going to go 1-0. What do you think about this, Sean? Uh, what game are we reviewing? MK Dons v Lincoln. Well, I mean, it's going to be like I, I, I think it's going to be like a, a cagey affair, like you said, uh, right? Um, so, uh, but I think Lincoln will have a bit too much for MK Dons. So I'm going to go for two 0 Lincoln City. And that is the end of the Skybet League One preview and review. Um, we'll now move over to the Skybet Championship. And I'm going to let Sean have a say on the championship by picking four or five teams that he wants to review. Right. So we can do give me a second. I need to find out the championship. So Right, so we we're gonna review Bournemouth v Blackburn. Uh Reading's 2 0 win against Derby. Uh uh Rotherham beating Wickham, which I thought Wickham was gonna win, but Never mind. And Bristol v Coventry. Okay. So, who's going to go first? I'll let Mike go first. Right. So, what was the first game? Because um, I think it was, was I think early. it was Bournemouth three, Blackburn two. Yeah. Bournemouth three, Blackburn two. Yeah. So that was a really good result for Bournemouth. Um, newly relegated side as well and uh, of course you know they, they want to uh, get back into the Premier League as, as quickly as they can um, and it's a, a really good opening day for them of course uh, Blackburn are no pushovers either um, and it was a really good game of football so yeah I think Bournemouth just about deserved it for me in the end um, I will try and have a look for some stats but I'll uh, hand back over to Ray um, to you know kind of give his uh, review on the game as well because I didn't want to have a little look over some of the stats between, you know, what happened in that um, in terms of, you know, shots and possession and stuff. But I, I do kind of just about think Bournemouth uh, edged it on the day, yeah. Yeah, so Bournemouth won 3-2. Blackburn had 51% possession, 
Bournemouth had 49% possession. 12 shots to Blackburn's 14, with five on target to Blackburn's two. So, overall, I think Bournemouth are going to go straight back up, hopefully at the first attempt. Um, And to win 3-2 against a very strong Blackburn side, I think is a very good result. And obviously, my fault, my my thoughts on the uh, uh, Bournemouth three, Blackburn two. It was a really good game. Two teams really going at each other, and uh, it was a five goal thriller. But Bournemouth ended up getting the, the the victory, and hopefully they'll go straight back up. Right, and, and the then next, what's the next one? Go on. The the next one was the shocker that because I predicted that that Derby would win four 0 against Reading. That didn't really happen. Reading won 2-0. So I start with Rye on this one. Yeah, so Wickham losing 1-0. I said Reading. Oh, sorry. The Reading 2-0 win over Derby. Yeah, it's a great result for Reading. Gave their new manager, Veliko Panovic, the perfect start to... Life in the championship, um, and he, uh, I think, scoring after forty minutes and forty-five plus one. I think it's great that Reading came away with it. I mean, the stats say Derby had fifty-eight percent possession to Reading's forty-two. Um, nine shots to Reading's eight and two on target to Reading's three. So it could have been it could have gone either way, but Reading took their chances and won two 0 And your thoughts, Mike, on the game? I think that was a really good result for Reading. Um, you know, Derby had a lot of possession there, um, weren't able to do anything with that possession and the goals came at a really good time as well. You know, I said it in one of the games earlier on, I think it might have been in the League Two section that you know, if you're scoring goals just before the end of a half, you're, you're doing something right um, and your fitness is able to shine through. And that's what exactly what Reading did. They got two goals in uh, the, the last five or six minutes there um, with Lucas Jow and uh, Elijah as well, um, you know, getting the two goals there. And, you know, Lucas Jow was uh, a standout performer, got a goal and an assist as well there. Um, and, yeah, you know... Uh, it might have been um, a different game if uh, Derby had been on due time with their um, possession and stuff. Uh, but, you know, they, they, they controlled the game and weren't able to do anything with it. And, yeah, Reading defended really, really well, got the goals at the right time and it's uh, a positive result for them. And obviously my thoughts on the game was I thought Derby was going to win 4-0. That, that actually didn't turn out to be true. Um, the possession means nothing in a football match if you don't take your chances and don't win. So well done for Reading for winning that game 2 0. The next game would be, I think it's uh, Wickham 0, uh, Rotherham 1. So it was a very tight game. Uh, so Wickham started off in the Championship for the first time in their history. And uh, Rotherham got the three points. And I'll start with you, Ryan. Yeah, so Wickham starting their life in the championship for the first time against their promotion team as well, 
in Rotherham and Rotherham who finished second to Coventry. So Wickham losing out and going into the playoffs and also losing this game in the 90 plus second minute from a header from Michael Ihekwi is a great start for Rotherham. So I think the stats say it was 55% possession to Wickham's 45. 10 shots to Rotherham's 12. And Wickham had three shots on target to Rotherham's 2. So it was a cagey game. And Wickham took uh, Rotherham took their chances. And your thoughts, Mike, on this game? Yeah, I think it's very much the same. It was a, a very cagey game there. I do think Rotherham just about edged it, though, and, you know, the, the result was uh, the, the right result in the end um, with, with the chances that they created and stuff as well. And, yeah, you know, as I said previously, I, I'll say it again, to score um, at the, the end of a game like that, you know, it's heartbreak for Wickham, but it shows the, the fitness levels of Rotherham and that they're just, uh, you know, able to keep fighting all the way to the very end and there's... Uh, They've got a you know never give up attitude and yeah they're a really you know good side Rotherham and I think they'll um, they might surprise people this season and uh, you know that's going to hurt Wickham as well because they were so close to getting a point there um, and I'm sure they'll you know they will they will pick up some points along the way um, but yeah that's a that's a big result for Rotherham there and uh, the the corner I saw the corner as well and it was a really well um, timed jump and a really good header so yeah really uh, well deserved victory for Rotherham I think in the end. Yeah, and I and my thoughts was it was like a, it was like very tight, very you know, no team wanted to lose the game, uh, you know, because it, it's like the first fixture between two promoted sides. But in sometimes in football, you always have a winner, you always have a loser, and Rotherham deserved to to win at the end. And the next game we're gonna do is um, Bristol City two Coventry one. So, uh, Mike, we go to you first on this one. Okay, so I think that's a good result for Bristol City. Um, you know, it's not a, not an ideal start for Coventry. Uh, of course, you know, another newly promoted side as well. And they were unfortunate to, to not get something, um, in my opinion. I think they could have actually got a draw maybe in this one. Um, and Matty Godden, the former Stevenage man, got the, the goal for Coventry there as well. Um, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm always pleased when there's a former Stevenage man to, to pop up and get a goal. Um, also, you know, be involved and do really well for themselves. Uh, but yeah, I think you know Bristol City um, got a, got away with that one a little bit. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm not too sure um, what the the manager said or whatever um, at the end of the game. But you know, I, personally, I thought Coventry had more possession, more uh, clear cut chances, and you know, for me, deserves to get a more positive result. And you know, it was, uh, it was unfortunate that they lost in the end. Um, because I thought they were the team that created more. And your thoughts, Rye, on the game? Yeah, Bristol City's scoring after one minute through Jamie Patterson and then scoring after 82 minutes through Thomas Kalas with Matty Godden scoring after 33 minutes. I think I think Bristol City are going to be a team that are going to want to get to the Premier League this season after missing out on the playoffs last season. Um, so 
I, I think it, the game was end-to-end, it looks like, 53% possession to Coventry with 47% possession to Bristol City with 11 shots and 16 on target. Uh, 11 shots for Bristol City, 16 shots for Coventry, and 6 on target for Bristol City, and 4 on target for Coventry. So Bristol City have took their chances and got the win. And speaking of Bristol City, they are currently 4-0 up against Northampton Town at Ashton Gate. So Bristol City look like they're through to the next round of that one. And my thoughts on the game for Bristol City v Coventry, it was a very cagey affair. Like like I said, two teams like Coventry were promoted from the championship and uh, Bristol ended up winning 2-1. And the fixture, we're going to predict a few fixtures for this weekend. We are going to do, 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 do... Let's see. So we'll start off with... Oof. There's going to be some right games in here. So we're going to start off with Norwich versus Preston. So, Mike, your score prediction on that one, please. Okay. Um, I think that's going to be a really good game because Norwich just come down as well from the Premier League. Um, And I think they've still kept quite a lot of that squad as well. They did sell one or two, but a lot of the key players are still there. Um, Cantwell still there and Timo Fuki still there and stuff as well. So, uh, I think they'll get a, a positive result and they'll get a win in this one. Um, they won the first one against Huddersfield as well. And I think they'll win this one. So they won that last one, 1-0. One and I can see them winning this one, 2-1. One. And your score prediction for this game, Rye? Norwich v Preston. I think it's going to be a very good game for Norwich. Norwich are a good side. Uh, I mean, they've got Ben Gibson in their team now. And... I think he'll fit in well. So I'm going to go for... Hmm, I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory to Norwich. Oh, I think we've lost Sean there. He froze, yeah. Um, so let me just uh, have a look over some of these. We'll, we'll try and get him back. And I'm still here. Okay. I'm still here. Well, are you back? Yeah, I was right. looking at the fixtures. Sorry. <laughs> um, I th- I think it's um, going to be Norwich to Preston one, and then the next game is going to be I think Middlesbrough versus who they playing at the weekend. Let's have a look. Bournemouth. Bournemouth, that's so we're gonna start with you on that one, right? Another game that's coming thick and fast. I mean, this'll be one of the games that allows an attendance of at least one thousand fans back in the stadium. And with Middlesbrough losing one 0 to Watford and two 0 to Barnsley. I don't know where a win's going to come from in this um, weekend. But I'd like to be optimistic. I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory to Bournemouth. And your prediction, Mike? I love how Rice says I'd like to be optimistic and then goes against his team. (laughs) 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 Um, I'm going to go... 
a Middlesbrough one, Bournemouth three. I think it's going to be. Ooh. And obviously, I'm going to go for uh, Middlesbrough nil, and I'm going to go for Bournemouth three. Sorry, right. <laughs> the, the next, the next uh, bid- uh, score prediction we're going to do is Luton versus Derby, and we're going to go to to Rye first on this one. Luton have started the season strongly, which they're surprising people this season. Dar- Derby have not had the best start. Losing to Reading, but also lose uh, winning against Barrow on penalties and losing to Preston in the Carabao Cup. And Luton have won every single game of this season so far. Sorry, Nicole, but I think Luton are going to win this. And I think it's going to be 2-1 Luton. And uh, just before we get to Mike, the score uh, latest is Leeds United 1, Hull City 1. So that's going to be penalties to be taken in that one. Mike, your score prediction on this one for Luton versus Derby? Um, I absolutely you know, have to agree with Ryan. I think Luton have started the season really, really well. And you know, they've got some positive results in there, uh, winning in the league as well. Um, and, you know, setting themselves up nicely for that cup tie against Man United. I think they're, yeah, so I think they've actually performed really well so far in the first couple of games. Um, and I think they might actually, you know, nick it again. Um, I'm going to go um, Luton 2, Derby 1. And obviously, because I predicted Derby to win 4-0 against Reading uh, last weekend and it didn't happen, I think a shot could be on the card. Sorry, Nicole. I think Luton going to win 1-0. And the last game we're going to predict is... It's Stoke City versus Bristol City. And we're going to start with you, Mike, on that one. Prediction for that one game, please. Okay, I think we actually might do one more as well because um, there's the Friday night game as well. But um, I think that so Stoke against Bristol City, uh, I can see this one being quite a cagey sort of game. Um, I just want to have a look at the table there. I think that Stoke uh, drew their first game, if I remember rightly, um, and Bristol City won theirs, um, but only narrowly won there. So, yeah, I think it's going to be... A narrow victory for Bristol City again. Uh, I'm going to go uh, 1-0. And your prediction, Rai, for this game? Yeah, Stoke are not the best side. I mean, they came down from the Premier League two seasons ago and they didn't have a good season last season in the Championship. And I don't think they're going to have a good season this season in the Championship either. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory to Bristol City. And obviously, because Stoke was so poor last season and uh, Bristol City got off to a good start, I'm going to go for uh, Stoke 1, Bristol City 2. And the Friday night game is Coventry City versus QPR. 
are we going to start off with you, Rai, for your prediction for that game? Yeah, this game's live on Sky Friday night. Um, it's it's going to be a very cagey game. It's live at the St Andrews Stadium, where Birmingham have let Coventry rent the stadium for the season again due to not having the funds to pay out for the rent at the Rico Arena. But Coventry against QPR, I think Coventry could cause a surprise upset. And I'm hoping they do because I think QPR are a good side, but I think Coventry will win this. 2-1. And, of course, your predictions, Mike? Yeah, so I think QPR are actually going to win this one. I think they've started off the season really, really well. Um, Ilias Chair, the Stephen is lonely from a few seasons ago, got a, a goal for them in their opening fixture. Um, and he looked bright and, and lively. Uh, of course, they have lost Eze, who's gone to Palace as well. Um, so it means that probably guys like Ilias Chair will get a lot more game time and, and feature. Um, he was on the bench for them quite a lot. But I think he'll, he'll feature in the starting eleven a lot more now. Um, and he obviously played a big part in that re- that uh, last result there, um, as did Matty Godden, you know, scoring for, for Coventry as well. Um, and, it, of course, they were unfortunate to lose. So I'm going to go Coventry City 1, um, Queen's Park Rangers 3, I think, is uh, what I think for Friday. Yeah, uh, obviously, for me, I think like it's going to be one of them games where anything can go out either team's way. I'm going to predict uh, Coventry City 1 and QPR 2. And that's your championship predictions and results. Thank you very much to Sean there for doing that for us. And now we'll go over to the Premier League. So Mike's going to take us through the Premier League by reviewing some games and previewing the next lot of games. Okay, so thanks for that. Um, that nice little intro there. So yeah, we'll start off with the early game on uh, Saturday. And of course, that was the London derby between Fulham and Arsenal over at Craven Cottage. Um, and uh, the fact that me and Sean are both Arsenal fans, I think we have to start with you, Rai, on this one. Arsenal uh, going to Craven Cottage and getting a very convincing 3-0 victory. Yeah, 3-0 victory over a Fulham side that I think will stay up this season. I mean, Lacazette, Gabriel and Aubameyang all being on the score sheet. Gabriel being on the score sheet on his debut. Willian assisting two goals. It was a very good game for them all. And they all played really well. And Arteta has to be very proud of them after getting this 3-0 victory. Yeah, and uh, what did you make of the game, Sean? You know, it was a a, a kind of complete performance, wasn't it? Apart from that first minute when uh, we kind of got caught out with that back pass from Gabriel, which uh, let let the Fulham striker in. That was the only real time I was scared in the whole game. I mean, yeah, to be honest with you, I think we looked very nervous at the start. I mean, like we... 
like like you said, the back pass was like, oh, what's he doing here? Like we don't want that sort of mistake. But as we grew into the game, we sort of like were in control, and uh, Fulham never offered a, a threat to uh, Gabriel. And uh, like like Rice said, uh, William had a good debut. Gabriel had a good debut. Abamian is scoring goals where he left off, and we just won comfortably three 0 winners in the end. Yeah, that's right. And you know, William had a cracking debut. Gabriel had a brilliant debut as well. Um, and it was you know obviously important for him to get a, a goal as well and to get a clean sheet. Um, and that's it, really. Like, I thought we played really, really well. We played some good stuff. You know, that that bit of um, play, that that kind of possession and passing for the third goal was amazing. You know, it was started off from our goalkeeper. And then, you know, when Obama Young cuts in and, and shoots on his, uh, I think it was his left foot like that, you know where it's going. It's always going to end up as a goal. So we'll uh, have a look over some more results now. But that was a very positive result for Arsenal on the opening day. Um, and of course, you know, Fulham are going to uh, maybe take a little bit of time to settle in. Uh, Leeds didn't take much time to settle in, though. They're at the Premier League new boys. Uh, we'll come to you first, Ryan, on that absolute cracker um, at Anfield, the 4-3. Yeah. I mean, Leeds didn't get off to the best start with the first penalty of the two penalties, where there's been controversy over whether it is handball or handball. In my opinion, I think it's handball, even though the new rules state if it's deflected up, and hits him on the hand. It's not handball, but in my opinion, handball's handball. Um, but then Jack Harrison scored after 12 minutes. Van Dyke scored after 20 minutes. Um, then Patrick Bamford capitalised on a mistake from Van Dyke, who tried to play it back to... Allison, but Bamford got on that and scored. And then Salah scored again after 33 minutes. Uh, that was half time. It was 3 what, 2. And then Click scored after 66 minutes. And then Liverpool got a second penalty for a foul which I thought was a foul um, and Salah took the penalty away as well and I thought Leeds were really strong they gave Liverpool a great game and I don't think there's going to be that many teams that go to Anfield and score three goals and not win yeah, I have to fully agree with that as well. Um, Leeds, you know, showed no uh, no fear. They, they were excellent, really. Uh, they were a bit unfortunate, maybe, with some of the goals. Uh, but it was a really good game. You know, Liverpool had to come back a couple of times um, from conceding goals. And, you know, they, it was a really good match. And, um, I, you know, if you got Salah in your fantasy football team for, for this week, I'm sure you'd be very pleased with that because, obviously, you got the hat-trick. Um, and... Uh, you know, we're doing our own little fantasy football league as well, aren't we? Ride for RS Media. Uh, and we've currently got Gavin McCormick, who's top of that league. So, uh, well done to Gavin for the first uh, round of fixtures there. But, yeah, what did you make of that game, Sean? Well, what a game. What a game. I mean, end-to-end stuff. It was absolutely brilliant. Like, Leeds didn't really panic and took the game to Liverpool. Liverpool were very 
on the back foot. They didn't know what to do. And to be fair, to, to be fair, I got a lot of Leeds United mates, so they were very, very pleased and positive about the the um the result or the um the performance that Leeds United put in. Um, but Liverpool were very lucky to get away with the victory. But it was a seven goal thriller, and it was absolutely brilliant to watch, end to end stuff. And it was, you know, there was some really good attacking in there, some really poor defending as well, even from the likes of Van Dijk. Um, he kind of, uh, you know, wasn't um, on his best. I think he uh, was at fault for one of the goals. Um, let's go to the next game now. Excuse me, I'm losing my voice a bit. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the next game we're going to do is the game on Sunday. And it's the game that I know that you're going to love, Sean, because I loved it. It was Spurs nil, Everton won. So what did you make of that? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, um, it was a very, like it was a very tight game, and I, I thought like Spurs were going to win it, but unfortunately they didn't win it because Everton scored the goal, and I think Spurs looked very, very poor. Um, I don't know what's going on or what's happening at the club. Mourinho will not be happy with the results, but uh, apparently James Rodriguez had a good get, uh, debut for Everton, and. It's just one of those games where it was very tight, but Everton got away with the three points. Yeah, you said it there. Hamas Rodriguez, I watched the game. He was brilliant. He was, you know, the, the man that kind of um, pulled the strings for, for Everton, I think. And what did you make of that match, right? Yeah, I watched this one live as well. And I thought Hamas Rodriguez didn't look out of place. I thought he was brilliant. There was a few mistakes he made, but... To be honest, with the season he had before to come to the Premier League as well, I think he's done really well. Ancelotti knows him really well after signing him for the third time as well. So, to be honest, it was a great result for Everton, who are currently now 2-0 up against Salford. In their second round game. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to say that as well. I thought Spurs looked pretty ordinary, actually. I don't think there was anything special about them. Um, Harry Kane was anonymous. Um, yeah, you know, they were just they were, they were a shadow of the former South from you know uh, past seasons. I, I thought that the goal was a really good header from uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin. And yeah, like I think Everton, you know, even Richarlison at the end of the first half could have put them one nil up earlier than than the goal um, that, that kind of did. It could have come a, a lot sooner. Um, so yeah, I think it was a good positive result for Everton. And yeah, as John said, Mourinho won't be happy there. Um, so we'll touch on one or two more games uh, in terms of results before we go into some fixtures. Um, and actually, we'll only do one more, I think. And it's the game that me and you commentated on on Monday night ride between Brighton and Chelsea. So, Sean wasn't a part of our commentary team that night. So, we'll uh, let him go first. But, you know, I'll come to you after. Um, I think I think it was a really good game from what I was watching. Um, an absolute crack of a goal that Chelsea scored. And um, I think it's going to take a while for the Chelsea team to uh, gel together as a unit before they get anywhere. I mean, they did look a bit nervy when Brighton scored, but um, but as soon as they got the third goal, they looked in control and 
apparently Havertz had a good debut, Werner had a good debut, and that was that that was it really. Yeah, so you know, Sean mentioned it there, right? Um, Chelsea's performance that day, and you know, what about that goal from Reese James? Yeah, it was a cracker of a goal from Reese James, the young right back who's come through Chelsea's youth academy, who had a short spell with Wigan as well in the 2017-18 season and good good riddance to him as well because he um, has donated some money to Wigan to help them survive. So for him to score that cracker after 56 minutes, after Trossard, who scored probably another great goal and could be a goal of the season contender if, if it's going to be up there. And... I mean, Werner, Havertz, both looked decent. I mean, Jorginho slotted his penalty away quite nicely. I mean, Reese James's goal was class. And then he had to go into midfield when Jorginho had to come off injured. But then Kartzuma got the winner after he Reese James' corner, where Kartzuma's headed it. And it's deflected off a of Brighton man and gone in the back of the net. But Reese James got, Kurt uh, Zuma got credited with the goal because the goal was actually on target. But Brighton, Brighton, you can't fault them. They were brilliant. They were outstanding. The first 20, 25 weeks, they were the best side out there. They were pushing Chelsea and I was just hoping that Brighton did do something more but unfortunately they lost 3-1 to Chelsea yeah it was a great game though you know it was a, it was a great one to commentate on as well um, and I, I finally enjoyed doing that and that was a really good entertaining match um, <laughs> just reading your comment there Sean <laughs> uh, but no I thought Brighton put up a really good fight as well and um, I think it was uh, a really, you know, good game. And I think that, you know, they'll actually get some good results. They might even surprise a few teams as well. They were Arsenal's bogey side last season. So, you know, hopefully it's not the, the same situation again. Uh, so let's go into a couple of uh, previews as well. Uh, we'll preview some of the games for this coming weekend. Uh, so we've got the game, excuse me, uh, between Newcastle and Brighton um, on Sunday. Um, we Actually, we won't cover that, in fact, because we just covered Brighton there. So, me, let's cover Leicester Burnley. Leicester got a good win um, on the opening day, going to West Brom and getting a win. Uh, so, let's cover that one instead, in fact. Yeah. So, yeah, go on, Ray. You can take that one first. Yeah, Leicester got off to a great start to the season. To me... Timothy Castang scoring his first goal for the season and then Jamie Vardy scoring twice is great as well and I'm sure Burnley are not going to be no pushovers after losing 2-1 to Brighton on the last game of last season because this is Burnley's first game of the season due to Man City and Man U having European games and they were set one of them teams were set to play Burnley. So 
I think Burnley could come into this, but Leicester, I think they'll be too strong. And I think it's going to be a 3-1 victory to Leicester. OK, um, Sean, what did you make of that one then? How do you think Leicester will get on against Burnley in this uh, game at the weekend? I think it's going to be a really tight game. I mean, like like just what I said, then Burnley are not going to be no pushovers and it's going to be an interesting game to see who comes out on top of that one. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 Leicester win. Yeah, and I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go Leicester as well. Um, I think it's going to be 2-0 to Leicester. Um, and, and that one, I think they've you know, started off really well against West Brom. And, you know, Burnley are struggling in a minute on and off the pitch as well. Uh, off the pitch, you know, the, the chairman's kind of not backing the manager and, and things like that. Um, and, of course, there's still time in the transfer window, but it doesn't look like they're going to be doing an awful lot of uh, spending between now and October. Uh, we'll also touch on some Saturday games. That was a Sunday game. Let's jump back to Saturday. Um, there's uh, the teams that have just been promoted, Leeds and Fulham. Um, I know we touched on the Liverpool and uh, Leeds game, but I did want to touch on Chelsea-Liverpool as well. So, yeah, Le- uh, Leeds and Fulham, the two newly promoted sides. Let's start with you, Sean. I mean, my hometown, Leeds United, against uh, my dad's team, Fulham. It's going to be a very good game, I think, in my book. Uh, Leeds did themselves proud to, you know, give a game, give Liverpool a game, and unfortunately, uh, Fulham lost three uh, 0 to Arsenal. So I'm gonna give it a two 0 Leeds United win. I think Leeds okay. will win. I think Leeds will win. What about you, Ryan? Leeds gave themselves a good threat, like I said, against Liverpool. Fulham, I think they'll settle really well and I, I'd like to see Leeds do well in the Premier League after their 16 year spell out of the Premier League but my heart's going 2-2 okay I'm going to go narrow Leeds victory um, 2-1 so yeah there's actually you know you made a good point there right as well uh, the first game for Man United and Man City. Uh, so Man City goes to Wolves on Monday. Uh, but before that, it's Man U Palace. So let's go to you first, Ryan, on that one. Uh, the game at Old Trafford. Tasty game. I mean, Palace won their first game of the season to uh, Southampton, which is good. And I think Man U, they've strengthened with Van der Beek, Donny Van der Beek coming in from Ajax. So who knows if he makes his debut. If he does, I think Man U will win. If he doesn't, I think it'll be a Palace draw. But I'm going for, I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory to Man U because I think Van der Beek will start. Okay, yeah, I think he'll start as well. Um, and I think Man U, you know, they're, they're at home. Um, they're making their Premier League debut for the season as well. They're open for the season. Um, I can see them going out and getting a good po- uh, positive result. So before I go out to you, Sean, I'm going to go uh, 3-1 to Man United. What do you think on that? Oh, well, it's going to be an interesting game. Like like um, uh, Palace won 1-0 against Southampton. Very tight game over there. So they are happy to get the three points. And this is... Man United's first game of the season because of the 
European uh, excursions and all that lot. And it's at Old Trafford. And if Van, like if Rice says, if Van der Beek starts, I think Man United will win comfortably. I'm going to go for a 3 0 victory. Okay, uh, we'll jump across to the other game as well now. Uh, Wolves Man City. What do you reckon to that one, Sean? <sighs> That's going to be very tight. Very tight between two teams. I mean, Wolves were really good last season at Molyneux. Um, and uh, Man City would look to. Uh, close the gap on Liverpool. So this is going to be one of the hardest predictions to predict for this week, I think. So I'm going to go for I'm going to go for a two new walls win. Wow, that's pushing the boat out. Like you think they're going to keep a clean sheet as well against the Aguero's back? Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. What about you, Ryan? Do you think they'll get a clean sheet against that lethal Man City strike line? Well. Man City were beaten by um, Wolves last season with Adama scoring the goals. And I'd like to think that Man City will want to get revenge. But I can't look any further. I think it's going to be a 2-2 draw. Okay, that's uh, quite a good shout. I'm going to go 2-1 Man City. Uh, I'm just going to look at one or two more games. Um, So, yeah, let's look at that one. As I said, the Chelsea-Liverpool game. Um, What do you reckon to that one? Two sides that are going to be up there challenging for the title. Let's go back to you, uh, Ryan, first of all. This game, live on Sky Sports from 4.30, it's going to be what I think is going to be the best game of the weekend. And both teams are going to be want to be up for it. I mean, Timo Werner is going to be wanting to make a great start to his home debut. How Kai Havertz will want to do well. But Liverpool are a good, strong side as well. So I'm going to go for a free-free draw. Okay, what about you, Sean? Yeah, th- th- this is it. You know what I mean? Like the game of the weekend, Chelsea versus Liverpool at Stamford Bridge. And it's going to be it's interesting to see which team comes out on top on this one. So uh, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with the same scoreline as I. I'm going to think it's going to be 3 3. Okay. And I'm going to push the boat out a little bit then. Um, I think it's going to be Chelsea 3, Liverpool 2. So I think Chelsea are going to nick it. Uh, and finally, we'll touch just briefly on the Arsenal game against West Ham as well. So the uh, we'll come to you first of all on that one, Sean. Um, of course, Arsenal started off with a, conv- a convincing, comfortable win against the London rival last weekend. Um, do you think it'd be more of the same this coming weekend against another London side? I think so. Um, like it's it depends how we start the game. If we started like the slow, like we did against Fulham when we had a bit nervous five minutes. Uh, but I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be 3 no Arsenal win because we're at home. OK. Um, and Ryan, what do you make of that? I'll do mine at the end. Mm, Aston Villa... Uh, Aston Villa. Arsenal uh, do really well. I think they've got a good side together now. Now Aubameyang signed that contract that everyone wanted. Um, 
I'm going to go for a 3-1 victory to Arsenal. OK, I think Arsenal are going to win as well. I think we'll, you know, we'll get a good result. I think it'll be positive. Um, and I'm with you, Sean. I think we'll get a clean sheet as well. I think it's going to be 2-0 to Arsenal. Um, so, yeah, we, we're going to wrap it up there in terms of the Premier League. Um, and I think Aubameyang will score and he'll, he'll mark his uh, contract with a celebration as well. He might even pull out like a little uh, sign the contract celebration. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we'll uh, we'll end it there on the the Premier League side. So now we'll jump back to Rye for the the uh, conclusion at the end. Yep. So thank you very much to Mike there for talking us through the Premier League. Thanks to Sean that took us through the Championship. He did freeze because he is on his phone. Watched while he is while he looked at the fixtures. So that's probably why you saw why he froze. But when we thought he'd, we'd lost him, that was because he, he stayed out of the screen for a while. But it's fine. These things happen. So I'd like to say thank you. Say, sorry, just, just before ending it as well, have we got any final scores in the Carabao Cup for tonight? Just to kind of... Uh, um, I, I think Hull City have beaten Leeds 9-8 on penalties. Yeah. So results... Coming in, so the results from the Carvel Cup second round West Brom 3, Harrogate Town 2, uh, Harrogate Town nil. I mean, sorry, yeah. Ipswich Town nil, Fulham 1, Bristol City 4, Northampton nil, Leeds United 1, Hill City 1, Hill City winning 9 8 on penalties. Southampton nil, Brentford two, and the latest in the Everton game, it's currently Everton three, Salford City nil, and they're into three minutes of added on time at the end of that game. So we'll bring you the latest on that until it finishes, and then we'll wrap up. But overall... I mean, Michael Keane scoring twice. Oh, no, it's Moise Keane scored. Moise Keane and Michael Keane have scored. Um, Everton have scored with Gilfie Sigurdsson as well. So it's a good victory over Salford, who are a good League Two side. And I mean, they've had to make one substitute through Bramford having to go off via for Lucas Digny. So that's what's happened there. And it is finished 3 0 to Everton. So congratulations to all the teams that won in the second round. Um, commiserations to the other teams and thank you very much to Mike Harneman and Sean Price for joining us tonight and we'll... um, what are we doing about next week's podcast because obviously the Arsenal game against uh, Leicester is on that night as well we're going to be doing it on you know a little bit later after the game or what we're we going to be doing with that we will probably bring you the podcast at a slightly earlier time maybe or maybe a slightly late 
later time due to Arsenal v Leicester and there's people that want to actually watch the game instead of being concentrating on doing a podcast. So if we do it earlier, you'll be notified. If we do it later, you'll be notified. If we do it at the same time, you'll also be notified as well. But thank you very much to Mike and Sean for joining me tonight. And we'll see you again very soon. And then just, just a quick reminder, Russ, uh, I know you're not here tonight, but what's the score? Can you just quickly remind me? Did, did you qualify? Did, did you win? Did you? No, I, I can still, no, I, can't, I just about heard him there. He's, he's still crying into his spilt milk. Especially after he said, I'm not going to be on tonight. But thank you very much, Russ, for not coming on because Leeds have now been buried out of the Carabao Cup. So thank you very much, everyone. I told you, Russ. I told you they'd lose as well. And we'll see you again next week.